0: Before we get to the show, I wanted to say thank you for supporting, downloading and streaming The Church in Fix. I know that when I originally kicked off this podcast, I did not think that anyone was going to listen to it at all.
1: I've listened to every episode you've put out.
0: So one of the biggest things
2: um, I think is a disconnect between, uh, I can't speak for my generation, but for me, Uh, and and any elder is the belief that prayer
0: works. You know, while I've done a lot of bad things in my life, you know, God, if you're, if you're real, you know, I, I pray that you forgive me. We went back to the original archives and have cleaned up one of the recordings where the audio was not as easy to hear or understand. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to The Church and Fix. I'm really, really excited about today's episode because we have a special guest that I met, if not 20 years ago, right at 20 years ago. And uh, we were working together, and I had no idea that he was gonna become one of my lifelong friends, and probably, I would say, We all, you know, it's hard to just classify one person as your best friend, but he's probably my, out of the two people I classify my best friends, one of the two, and his name is Lyndon. And Lyndon and I were connected at work because we had a lot of people that every time we would be alone, they would say, have you met Lyndon or have you met Brandon? And we had never met each other before. And then we happened to have the opportunity to meet right outside of the, uh, out of our main uh, office building one afternoon. And we began to talk and within seconds, we knew that we needed to connect. And what was awesome is not too long after that, we begin to not only study the Bible together and discuss theology, but over the period of years, we had the opportunity to attend multiple church conferences, multiple theological conferences, including speakers such as R.C. Sproul. Lee Stone King, and one of my favorites was when we stayed after a lecture James White gave, and we talked to him after the fact, in which we both walked away and we were like, well, that wasn't what we expected, and it was hilarious. But I want you to welcome today lyndon how are you doing lyndon i'm doing well thank you for having me on i appreciate it yeah i i really i was glad that our schedules were able to align and i was really looking forward to this and yeah that was definitely providential yeah. So so what I wanted to talk about more than anything is over the past, I guess it's 18 or 19 years, you have like really went, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, all over the place with your faith in regards to the religious world. Right. 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 Tell me about that.
2: Well, uh, OK, so I guess to make so it'll make sense. I'll start back. Um, Quite far, So I was uh, adopted when I was young. I was adopted into a, a nominally cr- uh, Christian home. I mean, you know, we threw about all of the cliches and we went to, you know, church on occasion and um, uh, prayed before Christmas meals and things like that. We had all the, the Jesus pictures and all these sorts of things hanging around. Um, but uh, that was pretty much it. So I, I never I can't recall a time that I ever had an issue with uh, the idea of the existence of a God or anything like that. Um, and, you know, fast forward, uh, in my youth and into my teens, uh, you know, I I made a lot of poor decisions and, you know, did a lot of, uh, uh, regrettable things and just kind of became a person that I'm not proud
0: that I had become, but, um, and I just didn't really think about God that much. Um, Right. And you didn't think about God, but you, you actually came to get, uh, basically your introductory uh, entrance or, or, or whatnot to God at an Assemblies of God church, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, um,
2: for very unpure reasons, I started dating a young girl um, and her family was uh, they were staunch Assemblies of God. And so I'd go to church with them and all that. And um, it was just one night in particular, I remember it. Uh, and I don't remember what set it off or what caused it, but it was that first, I guess, what you and your charismatic brothers would uh, filled, being filled with the Holy Spirit, that that uh, just overwhelmingly emotional experience where you just sense the presence of God like you had never before, and that everything, no matter how dark, is just going to work out. I, I know that you know that experience, and I'm sure many people right, right. do, and um, that you know that, that sort of set me on the path of having an
0: interest. At least in it, you know, I wanted to f- sort of follow that out and see what that was about. Now, now, when you say that interest, was it just because you felt something different? Absolutely. Or, okay. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, I, and I didn't recognize it at the time, but looking
2: back, it was, uh, yeah, it was the feeling that I was seeking mm. uh, probably more than anything else. Because I, I had no idea, you know, um, about any doctrines or, you know, theology or, you know, anything. So, It was, it was just, yeah, this feeling that I was, and and who's to say, I mean, maybe, uh, I I know that that, that experience was genuine, but after that, I don't know if I was doing it, you know, to sort of please the girl's parents or what, but I definitely, my, my, my idea of God or my uh, understanding of him, however poor it was, definitely moved you know, at that particular moment, and um, so outside of him being just a picture on the wall, right? Right. It. So it went from not having really even thinking about God um, to okay, there's something to this, but that was really it. I mean, it was it was very rudimentary,
0: and it wasn't there was no depth to it or anything like right. that, right? Right. Now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just curious thinking about that. I, I know you had that experience. Did you start attending the church regularly? Or? Well, I was already attending it regularly with them. I,
2: I started to participate. Okay. So, you know, raising my hands and all that sort of stuff.
0: Um, now, now knowing you the way I do, that probably made you extremely uncomfortable. You know, I don't remember it making me feel uncomfortable. Um, I,
2: uh, I don't. I mean, perhaps it did, but... I don't re- recall it making me so uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I mean that, in fact, uh, it was shortly after that a year or so after uh, that experience is when I joined the service and my dog tags, um, I don't know where they're at today, but they said assemblies of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have to have your religion on there and <laughs> yeah. the assemblies of God. I love that. Funny. Yeah. I wish I could find them.
0: See, you're a Pentecostal. <laughs> <Yeah. No. laughs> All right. Um,
2: so yeah, then I went in the military and, uh, a uh, series of events took place, uh, but anyway, I, I, I never really uh, cultivated that experience. In fact, due a you know uh, a series of events that occurred. Um, I just I, you know my life went south.
0: And so you begin to kind of withdraw at that absolutely. at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, now, when you were, uh, you know, use the word withdrawal, w- were you still conscious of God? Did you think about Him, or were you just kind of like Him outside of that?
2: I don't remember really considering Him all that much. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, I remember times when even as a teenager, when, you know, when we were out up to no good, I remember driving, well, we would, a group of us would be driving past a church that I knew and I had a beer and I would like hold it down and get the <laughs> floorboard, you know, so there was always a consciousness of some sort, but it right. was very immature, you know, I didn't know anything, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, my life kind of, uh, started to unravel uh, over a a number of years. And uh, so fast forward, I ended up meeting a gal and we got married and had my child and you know, uh, I just,
0: I, because I thought it was the thing to do, like the right thing to do. It felt like the right thing to do that I needed you, I got f- plugged into a church, you, you know, plugged yeah. into a church, like American you family, right, you got to have right, 1. Right. 1. 1.2 kids, you right. got to have the car, the TV. And this was very close to when you and I first, mm-hmm.
2: uh, uh, sort of, uh, encountered each other. So there were a few things going on. I had the new, new child and well, actually I'd had two by the, by this time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had this, like I said, this, uh, this just, um. I don't know what you would call it. It was just this feeling that I needed to raise them in the church, whatever that looked like. I didn't even know. Um, we tried a few churches and ended up at this Baptist church. Um, and I genuinely wanted to learn more. This is the first, my first experience of having that hunger to, to go to the next level and really learn who God is and stuff like that. Mm um, I remember having uh, going to the, the pastor with questions and I don't know if you and your PC friends will uh, have delight in this, but one of the things was like the Trinity. I didn't understand it. And so I would go and ask him questions and I, and I would leave the uh, I, wanting. I think I don't, I wasn't satisfied with the responses I was getting. They didn't seem very thoughtful or uh, things like that. So there was that thing going on. You know, I was just really struggling with what is it. And, and because of the hardness of, my heart kind of the way that, uh, I came up, it was, I was having difficulty uh, making that transition from, uh, this sort of rough, uh, austere to, you know, uh, now fellowshipping, right. With uh, right. Christian, uh, persons and just the way that they interact with one another versus
0: what I was accustomed to and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But I was trying, um, but it, it, well, I remember the big joke back then was that it was, it was just cheesy. It was all cheesy. Mm-hmm. It? it was like, Hey, come ha- hang out with me when my jet ski, and we're going to talk about the power of Christ right, or, or right, something. Right. Yeah. I just always felt very uncomfortable with that. And, um, and I
2: don't want to get a whole lot into that, but like when I mentioned my uh, teenage years, I was sort of known as this guy that was just a real troublemaker, a bad guy. And yeah. I would often get, you know, the young, the, the Brandons of my school would come up and <laughs> try to invite me to camp or invite me to this or that. And I would just always kind of laugh at it. You know,
0: they were certainly well-intentioned, I'm sure. but Right. Yeah. But during that time, I, I guess what it was, was you, you, were, you were looking for answers to some of the questions and in, instead of having a mentor, somebody that could address some of that, you were left to go find answers for yourself, which I think led to some of the books and stuff. I remember, right. you know, when we first met, you had and, and we eventually called it your cult box. I, <laughs> think. I still got it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like nothing but this big old box of books and tracks. Well, let's and, look, back up, let me look back up for just okay. a second. So
2: like you're the timing is just that. So here I am in this, and, and we're in this Baptist church and I'm struggling with all that. And I'm satisfied with a lot of the stuff. Um, and then um, about the time that you and I met and we started talking about things and I was genuinely, I, I, I genuinely think that I had this desire and I don't think it's something that I just generated on my own. I think obvious it came from the Holy spirit. Um, but, um, and at the same time we both worked with a Jehovah's witness. Yeah. You recall. Yeah. And, uh, I thought, you know, I thought that reading the Bible and doing these things, I thought that I was well-equipped. And, um, you know, uh, you remember, he was a pretty crafty fellow. And he he said, hey, you want to have a Bible study? Yeah, let's have a Bible study. He and I were working on site at one of these locations. And and I remember he started just pouncing on me about, you know, questions about the Trinity and about this and about that. And I was... uh, uh, ill-prepared to respond, (laughs) probably the nicest way to put it. Right. And I remember going home and I was very angry, like angry at myself, angry at the fact that I couldn't find anybody to, and at the same time, I started listening to, there were some Christian like AM radio stations and I would listen to some things. I didn't really know what they were talking about half the time, but it felt good to listen to them. And then I remember, so you got the Jehovah's Witness encounter that really bothered me and really had me question everything that I thought that I had learned up to that point, which wasn't very much anyway. And then one Sunday school morning um, in this class that we were in, uh, this older gentleman was doing, uh, they were doing a study of Romans and we got a Romans 9. And for the first time ever, I was introduced to uh, this idea of predestination and election. And I was absolutely aghast, you know. So uh, I was like this yeah, you know, I was just like basically arguing with the the elder in the mm-hmm. class, like that doesn't even make sense. Da, 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 da. And uh so one of the shows that I started listening to, this guy who seemed extremely uh bright and really seemed to know what he was talking about, was R. C. Sproll, uh, Renewing Your Mind. And I remember <laughs> thinking, All right, I'm gonna through this guy's stuff because he'll, he'll be able to shut that down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody's going to be against the doctrine of predestination, it's R.C. Sproul. He's going to have all the Bible. Yeah. I remember that. Right, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, the rest of the
2: story is uh, he, uh, he, he's probably the spokesman. I, I hate to, I don't, I don't want to caricature him, but um, he was a very, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was a very uh, influential Calvinist of the, you know, 19th or the eight uh, the 20th century and um, he became you know my uh, mentor
0: unaware right right well I mean he, he had a for people that aren't aware of who he is and they can certainly Google him and find you know uh, so much information his books and whatnot they're on the uh, internet and uh through the the resource Renewing Your Mind is still there. I still get newsletters right. and things from them from one of the conferences we attended together. But I I know that um I think that what was so interesting about his his approach was he almost felt his teaching style was like the college professor with the chalkboard, the whiteboard, and he would take it like line by line. And with this expository style and say, let's dissect these words and understand what they mean. Right. And it's worth mentioning that, you
2: know, I dropped out of high school. I had no real formal education. So it wasn't easy. These things weren't easily grasped uh, by me. So um, I would, you know, when I started sort of, you know, getting myself more and more involved in the idea, I didn't even know what theology was, but. You know, when I started really diving into this stuff, um, I would sit on my bed in the evenings, and I would have uh, you know, you know, whatever works of R.C. Skull. Of course, I'd have a, a Bible, and I would have dictionaries because um, I'd have to look up words. I'd have to reread like uh, most of his. I'm sure I've read all of his books, but almost every one of them I've had to read multiple times to get it. Um, Maybe. Um, I've had, to, I can't tell you how many times you, I probably made you listen to some of the same <laughs> lectures over and over and over. But that's just what it took. You know, I, I was just an I had a very untrained uh, brain. And um, so, yeah, he he was man, unspeakably impactful in my life, not just uh, from a theological standpoint, but just in terms of how to think in general. You know, I'd never really been trained in, in how to think critically and all those things. So, um, right. right. Yeah.
0: Is very valuable. Yeah. So, so during that time, I, I remember there was, there was a point in time that you made, you made the, the decision to leave the Baptist church that you were at because your, your understanding of theology began to change. And I, I remember the struggle that you were going through and what was, what was interesting and, and uh, to be fair for any listener, you and I still have and we'll get to that in, in its entirety later, but we still have totally conflicting views on theology when you take it start to finish. However, during this same period of time, we kind of were going through this journey, and and I myself was continuing to study and research some things. But you were you were trying to make this decision, and how do you approach the pastor? And I was there watching. You know, I didn't really know how to respond to some of it, but but I was trying to watch and understand. Uh, the struggle. And and I remember this was not something that you easily just went and talked to the pastor about and was like, Hey, we're leaving the church or, Hey, we're, I mean, you really, really, I mean, it was something that weighed heavily, heavily on you. Right. Yeah. We had made a lot of connections there and stuff. And
2: what had happened uh, to keep it as brief as possible was, um, you know, I started uh, getting, I started teaching like, uh, youth Sunday school classes and things like that. And I was, you remember more than anybody probably, I was on fire. Like I was so excited to be learning new things and scripture just seemed to really be opening up to me in ways that i never even uh, considered. And I wanted to share that with other people. And I think that, um, uh, there were some people that weren't as receptive as perhaps I expected them. (laughs) Or I I thought they should be. But I mean, it never reached it. You mean it's
0: hard to excite church people?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It never, uh, uh, I don't know, for me, because it was all new and it was exciting to learn. Um, I was really, you know, this, you know, that that little nugget that, that, uh, you know, surfaced or emerged rather maybe back when I had that first experience. Um, And then, you know, Sort of reemerged when my child, my first child, was born, and then now it's you know it was it had just shot into another uh, uh, another dimension even of this desire to just like uh, learn as much as I could about God, um, and yeah, I mean uh, it wasn't just sprawl, of course, you know sprawl, you know uh, there were other no, you and, you were uh, studying uh, John Piper at the right, time, right? All you Jay know, pretty, pretty, pretty much all the. uh, the you know uh, well-known uh, Calvinist
0: and teacher yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. You know? um,
2: yeah, um, I felt like uh, I don't know. You you, you remember? And you could probably, you you could potentially even describe it better than I could. But um, it was I was just in a place that I'd never been before, and and, and it just so happened that you and I. That's about the same time that you and I came together. The same time that I had that experience with the. Um, the Jehovah's Witness, and it was that experience, and it was, you know, God uses our our own sinfulness. It, was, it wasn't because, you know, I was, you know, had this noble cause that I wanted to share the truth with this Jehovah's Witness. My ego was smashed, you know. I didn't like that feeling, you know, and so I was going to show him, you know, mm. he <laughs> was wrong. And, uh, like you said, uh, my cold box. So yeah,
0: I, yeah. I, I spent I many remember. years
2: studying their teachings and stuff like that. And, and, you know, unfortunately, uh, as sinful people are, want to do, I, I'm sure. Um, I'm not sure. I know that it, it at times reached a sort of arrogant level. And I, for what reason, I don't know, because mm-hmm. I, you know, was
0: yeah, and, never arrived and, and, at any sort of,
2: Level of well, and, and
0: instead of instead of saying, OK, now I understand where someone else is coming from. it so I'm just trying to prove this person wrong. Right. right. Yeah. And that, and that is arrogant uh, for, for sure. And then you know the first it's time good. it's funny that you mentioned that is
2: that was one of the first times that I noticed it. I mean, I guess maybe I noticed it, but the first time it like was resounding. And we talked earlier about the experience after the Stone King thing. That was my Stone King experience Mm -hmm. is when I I brought you to this guy, James White, and he's just brilliant. And he's just a great guy. And we walk up to him um, and he was just, I I don't want to disparage him, but it wasn't a pleasant experience. And uh, I remember that was my first thought about, and and, and, and the fact that the people
0: and the people and, and how they behave, um, says nothing about the doctrines right. they are not the true. Right. And so, so what happened, and, and to elaborate on both of those accounts, is what happened was um, at that time, Lyndon had said that our denomination was more concerned about money and things like that um, because he he related us to the televangelists and things like that. And uh, one of the international evangelists that I thoroughly enjoy was ministering at a conference and I wanted Lyndon to come with me and so he did. And I told him, I said, they're not gonna ask for money. They're not gonna do all these things. And all of a sudden, there was another minister, not Lee Stone King to qualify, to be clear. (laughs) Another minister got up and began to beg for money. And I mean, when I say beg, he spent. What do you think, Lyndon? Maybe thirty minutes. It probably was pretty extensive. I, I uh, felt bad for you, and, I knew that that's not what you were about. Or. Right now, he may say that he felt bad about about or for me or whatever, but but he sat there with the biggest grin on his face the whole time. Now I know he did feel bad for me, but I mean. And it was just, I I did, I was probably red faced and, and it was embarrassing to say the least because I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And then as opposed to that, when we met James White, he was like, he was like, man, James White's the man, James White's the guy. And when we met him and, and maybe he was having a bad day to be fair or whatever, but he came across as very just, um. Um, he was going to make us feel like we were the smallest people in the world, I guess, is the nicest way I can say. it. if you'll recall, uh, I I had friends that had the same t-shirt. It was just this goofy, funny t-shirt
2: about Calvinism or something. And I wore it, and he, like, called me out. Do you remember that? Like, he (coughs) made a comment about somebody here was wearing this shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was embarrassing um, because it was not intended to, like, knock. I agreed with them on pretty much everything. And then... um, some, and this will make more sense it's a little further along in the story, but uh, I, I don't even remember that. Somehow we got on the topic of Roman Catholicism and he told, you know, he was like, they're not saved. You know, Roman Catholics are
0: not saved at all. I don't know if you remember that part of the conversation. I don't remember that, but what I think is interesting about you bringing that up is that later on, you're going to talk about your your uh, uh, change of heart to That's, Roman Catholicism. Right, and it
2: probably is, it may be a good time to, to point out that um, you and I are dear friends, and, and we in no way adopt some sort of universalistic, synchronistic, or syncretistic uh, notion of god and you know we should all just hold hands and um sing kumbaya i mean we we take very seriously the differences that we have theologically and um you know uh, that's just probably worth mentioning but we you know we're also we love each other we're very tolerant uh, i hate to use that word because that word is misused so often right, right. in our culture today but um uh, you know, we just, we, we love to engage and learn from each other. I've learned a great deal from you. Not so much theologically, <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of character and how Christians should behave themselves, you know, cause uh, that's, that's always been a struggle of mine. And I hope that you've learned some things from me. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, um, uh, d- again, the, Maybe you can have me on at some point to tell my uh, share my testimony because I'm uh, leaving so many gaps in here. People are kind of like, "This is so weird. This story it doesn't flow." So another um, a series of ill-considered decisions I made. Um, and this was after you know I had finally found the Reformed Baptist Church, and I mm-hmm. you know, I'd really I started
0: really getting yeah. Involved. So so let's back up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So 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 that, that going back to what we were talking about, you decide you, you have to leave the Baptist church that you were attending and you found a Reformed Baptist church. Right. And and what's funny is thinking back about the story, I even even your current priest when you got married, I think I've met like every one of your pastors. Like when I think about it. Yeah, I remember. I, everyone went, of your I remember spiritual for a while group. I went to, you know, the Presbyterian Yeah. yeah. When he passed away, we went to lunch with him. Yeah, we went to lunch with him. And we'll talk about all that. But, but I'm mean, I, just thinking about it, I was like, it's <laughs> so I mean, Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, and I
2: can't, well, you've literally only had two since I've known you. And I don't yeah. think I, I may have met you. Yeah, I think I did meet when well, no, we went to Friends Day or whatever. Yeah, you met my current. And uh, well. I, mean, I remember, I almost said Brother Granberry, not Brother Granberry. That was my. Um, <laughs> It Springs of Life.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, but yeah, so I think I've met all yours too. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's always, I've just always uh, really appreciated that about our friendship, you know, that we had the difficult discussions and uh, neither one of us, con- you know, just concedes to the other uh, about anything. But, you know, we're willing
0: to have the conversations and love each other in spite of our, our uh, vast differences. Absolutely. Well and that goes and that's this isn't what today's podcast is about, but it goes back to one of the one of the greatest principles I think that people should realize, in my opinion anyway, and that is that people can come together. They just need to find their common grounds. Right. And they can in spite of their differences, even agree to disagree, <laughs> right? <laughs> and truly agree to disagree, not say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna agree," and then just turn around and be like, "Oh, right. know, whatever." And, and again, I want to <laughs> reemphasize that you and I both are
2: very aware that we disagree on what I believe to be an essential doctrine of the church. You oh, know, that's, that's the trinity.
0: Now we um, joke about it a lot with each other, which, which uh, you know, um, but we do it lovingly. Right, you know, right. I mean. Yeah, um, I mean, I I just want to make that clear. I don't want to have there to for there to be a misconception that right. you know that we're just like I said earlier, just yeah. sitting around. Uh, no, at the end of the day, I'm sure, I know that you you would love me to to uh, convert, and I would love you to convert, but right. uh, you know that at the end of the day, we know that our friendship's valuable to both of us. Right, and, and, and if there is anybody out there listening to this right now, and they're getting exercised and. You know, I, I get
2: that. I mean, I, I spent a lot of years in that sort of uh, uh, mode. Um, I've sort of I've moved past it. Uh, not past this, the, the, the the truth or the reality that there are uh, truths and there are falsehoods and there are, you know, heresies and, uh, and all that. But just, uh, the, you know, this intellectual arrogance that, you know, I'm definitely right. And, and if you don't believe everything job title that I believe, then you're not saved or, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm le- I'm, I'm less concerned with trying to make those distinctions, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah and, and you know, you know me, I, you know, I have my faith and I believe right. in practice, um, but I'm more impressed by the life that people live right. than I am uh, by what they call themselves or what they claim to be. Right. Because, uh, I definitely go back to what Jesus said when he said that we will be known by our loved, that we have one to another, right. you know, and let brotherly love continue and things like that. And I mean, so many times people could have what they consider to be the truth, but, and regardless of the, whatever denominal line that they come from, right. but clearly anybody could look at um, whatever faith that they claim to be practicing and say, you're not practicing that faith. So we should be careful not to try to be arrogant and say, I got it all together. We're all on a journey. We're trying to find find where we fit and be led by the Spirit of God. And we've got to be willing to allow the Spirit of God to lead us and guide us into all truth, just like the, the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will do just that, right? Right, and you know, I, I just came to a point that,
2: uh, and this is scooting up a few years, but that, that I began to care more about not so much about everyone else and whether or not they were theologically and doctrinally, um, coherent on every level, but was I, you know, and, uh, am I worshiping God, um, the way that he wants me to, that's not an easy question to answer. Um, I'm always a little concerned about our brothers and sisters who, do seem to have that level of confidence that I, that I once did arrogantly. So, um, because it's just not that simple. It's just really, I think God is far more complex than that, but, (laughs) um, yeah. So I try to practice and I'm not always great at that, but I I try to practice far more uh, intellectual humility because if you anyone who studies theology for any period of time, you know that the, the, the more you learn, the more you realize how
0: little you know. Yeah, and don't, don't you find that the more that you you study at the Word of God, and the more that the Word of God begins to change you, the more that you respect everyone else as far as their belief systems right Absolutely. regardless of what denomination regardless of what, what background you're not so quick to just try to come against and say hey you're wrong and I'm right and all this but you begin to kind of approach it totally different and and you you can look at somebody from a from a different denomination or a different faith or whatever it is and and say you know, I respect your faith. I respect what you're doing, right? You know, and I, and I think that, that that's that's crucial. well. I had to I had to make
2: come to terms with the, this idea that there were people who differed from me doctrinally, but like for you, for instance, who were far better examples of Christ or a Christian. You know, um, and I just it, that just got to a point where it didn't add up. I was like, you know, oh, what? So I, you know, believe in. Uh, the two natures of Christ or whatever. So that uh, somehow makes me superior in the eyes of God over someone who actually, uh, in most cases, lives according to that which he professes to believe, you know? And again, I'm not not in any way minimizing the importance of uh, doctrine and truth. Uh, I'm just trying to give a little perspective of how I I began to evolve. And and I was very fortunate it probably seemed to some that it as a handicap to not be raised in the church, but I was very fortunate not to have those sort of, uh, uh, R.C. probably used call them love lines, you know, which are reasons that persons uh, remain in a particular, maybe a denomination or whatever. And I'm not charging you with that um, at all, but I have asked you before about it to, and to ponder it. Like, um, because you have a, 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 a rich history, familial history, and you're the denomination that you're uh, affiliated with. And it would be incredibly difficult in many ways. And I mean, I, this isn't just your family, it's your wife's family. And I really understand the gravity of that. And that was, uh, that was something that uh, I, uh, and again, I wasn't uh, suggesting that you would deny truth to, to uh, s- save yourself from any of that. But uh, it's, just, it's a reality that there are people that, That from all stripes that I think would prefer to, uh, you know, deny or dismiss truth um, to preserve some of that.
0: Mm -hmm. But you know what I like about that statement is the fact that anyone, regardless of where they're at on their journey, should be asking themselves questions like that. Absolutely. They should be saying, hey, what do I believe? Why do I believe this? And do I believe this so much that I would be willing to make a change, even if there was a cost associated with it.
2: Right. So, um, and,
0: and it's and back
2: to, you know, God uses us oftentimes our greatest weaknesses, but, um, you know, I've, I've had a history of like uh, depression and things like that. And, you know, so I've it just, and, and through a lot of the poor decisions I've made and stuff in life, I, I just come to a point in my life where it's very uh, necessary for me to, to live that I have to, you know, uh, pay very close attention to my motivations when I do or say things, um, uh, how I treat people, things like that. Um, and I, and I can't relax, you know, I have to really sort of evaluate these things constantly. And that has proven, you know, to be very helpful for me in terms of my, um, seeking the truth of God, you know, mm-hmm. because, um, because I, you know, I don't have, I never, I didn't have the tie. So that was one thing I could just follow the truth wherever it led me, you know, I could just pray to God. And that's not to say that, you know, there aren't, well, cause we can be, we can be led astray. And you know, I definitely believe that. But, um, you know, I was able to just say, God, take me. And, and one thing we didn't mention, uh, I was a pretty rabid anti-Catholic too. I mean, most Calvinists are, um, I had no reason to be really, um, I just was regurgitating things that I had heard some of my mentors say, you know, about the Catholic Church.
0: Yeah. So so let's go back to that. So so again, and, and it's OK for us to go out because I think that it builds context to a lot of this, because naturally we're not going to think of everything to cover when we talk about your experiences. Right. But but let's go back to so you go to so you leave the Baptist Church and you go to Reformed Baptist Church. Right. So tell me a little bit about that. And then. I know. I know that there was a period of time that you you were saying, okay, there's only one key difference between the Reformed Baptist Church and the Presbyterian Church, and, essentially, or two, probably essentially, okay. church uh, church government or hierarchy. And and, and so then and, eventually you, you made oh, that yeah. change. But t- but tell me about tell me about that transition um, from between which I'm sorry, the, the three. So you go from mm-hmm. from Baptist, Reformed Baptist, to Presbyterian.
2: So um, the Reformed movement. Um, Happened joyfully. Um, you know, going from just uh, I guess Southern Baptists to the Reformed um, Baptist Church, and we visited several. Um, my, of course, my first move was to the Presbyterian Church because that's what as Presbyterian minister, and I quickly discovered there are two branches of Presbyterianism. There's uh, 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 Presbyterian Church of America and USA, and USA was the more liberal, if you want to use that phrase. Um, they, they they sort of believed some things that I probably at the time would not have, and maybe still wouldn't, um, agree with, but anyway, so, but there were, and there were just very few, uh, uh, is it UPC? Uh, no, that's you people. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, Presbyterian Church in America. There were very few of those. Um, And it just always happened that wherever I lived, it just wasn't anything uh, around. But anyway, uh, you know, we skipped around. Um, I was fortunate and I don't know if it was fortunate because it was really uh, difficult for me, but my wife at the time was not at all interested in these things. and most people aren't. <laughs> it was hard for me to understand why she wasn't getting as excited about this stuff as me, and why she, um, you know, didn't get ex- excited when I when I had some, you know, the Holy Spirit maybe uh, showed me something, and I tried to share it. But
0: you know, and it's funny you mentioned that because I, I remember we were both a lot younger then, but um, and I can't remember what our wives talked about, but we would always talk about theology for hours <laughs> right. I, remember, yeah. I don't know I have no idea what they talked about now that I, I don't think know, about it I don't no. uh, but yeah no, I remember Stephanie would say the same or same types
2: of things you know, right or, right oh my gosh and, and it's not because she did you know, she's a very godly woman it, it's just it, it, I don't know why it is that you know that, that uh, we're all wired differently you know I believe that uh, I've come to believe sort of and this is very loose and there are certainly gradations of each but like, you have essentially two people in the church, two types of people. You have those who are very, like, sort of theologically minded, very scholarly in terms of they like to, you know, study the scriptures and, and all these different doctrines and whatnot. And then you have people that are, they just have a heart for service and love um, for other people. And I think the rare occasions when you find someone that's both. And I think those are saints, probably. I don't think there's very many people that are equally yeah, um, I mean, there are certainly people, like I said, there are gradations. There are certain people that have some of each, and no. but to
0: have people that are, you know, um, yeah. So at the so at the time, your wife wasn't that interested, in right? Family. So um, we bounced around with some Presbyterian
2: churches. I, you know, infant uh, baptism was the other. Uh, we mentioned the church hierarchy. The other was infant versus believers baptism. That wasn't never really uh, an issue. The mode of baptism never really. Um, it it just wasn't an issue that I cared much about. In fact, I remember uh, encountering a a debate that's still available, I think, on YouTube between Sproul and John MacArthur over infant Mm -hmm. versus uh, uh, believers' baptism. And I honestly felt MacArthur... Sort of handling. it was tough for me to watch <laughs> my hero. But uh, it was a, if you if you get an opportunity to check that out, if you care about those kinds of things, it's very interesting, a good debate. I mean, you're not going to get much uh, much more scholarly and like careful and and uh, uh, thoughtful uh, approach to the idea of the baptism than those two guys. Um, so anyway, we ended up eventually landing at um, at uh, a Reformed Baptist church. Um, and it was not, like I said, it wasn't that I was sold out for the Baptists or whatever. Um, I just happened to be the one, and it was a young church, lots of young folks. Um, you know, it was, it was probably one of the most exhilarating experiences for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a very
0: small congregation. I I remember the way that they were set up. I, I think it was a, I think it was a Wednesday night that we went with you guys, uh, that, they had the tables set up. Right. They had a meal first, right. and then we sat down and, and we opened the Word. And the of God. Yeah, and, and I remember like that was a thing that really stood out to me was I loved that format, and I, mean, I was like, I was like, everybody should do this on Wednesday night, you know, because I come from a background that Wednesday night is the let's dissect the Word of God right. and the community of let's have the meal first, let's have some what I, you know, the term fellowship, and then let's bring the word of God out. I loved that format, by the way. Right. And I think we talked about it, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I I felt really at home there.
2: I made a lot of really good friends, and, you know, it was really cool, because, you you know, I always had a stigma about not being educated and stuff like that, but it was really interesting to me, and you don't really know when you when you study, I'm kind of a reclusive person, you know that, but when you study, do a lot of study on your own, you don't realize how much God has given you until you in- interact with other people. And I was interacting, you know, most of the g- young folks, the guys that were uh, at this church were either in seminary or finishing seminary and they were just, you know, very uh, educated guys. And I, I mean, I they didn't seem to know much more than I learned <laughs> from sitting on my bed with sprawl, you know, and spending, and you, you'll you attest to the fact I I listened to thousands of hours of lectures and you know, if I could, if they could, if you could quantify the amount of time—this isn't braggadocious—I'm just trying to give a, a an idea for people. If you could quantify the amount of time that I spent in reading or studying or listening to lectures, so I could probably have a few degrees. You oh, know? absolutely! And, and again, that's not um, in any way trying to brag because. Uh,
0: you know. No, but I love the oh. fact that you bring that up because I think so often people discount the time that they spend in continual education on their own. Right. And people stop reading books or they stop... You know, and I'm not talking about just from a religious standpoint, but I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I'll be in an airport or something, and everybody's watching something Netflix or whatever on their iPad, and like five people are actually reading books, and there's thousands and thousands of people in the airports and things, and I, I'm always like, you're not going to continue to learn if you don't continue to feed that mind, and so the fact you were doing it with with theological perspectives was right. just amazing and, and to me. And it's it, it,
2: I mean, you know, looking back now, we we often don't see it in, in the midst of it, but I, I just see the hand of providence all through it. I mean, there's the desire that, you know, for this high school dropout knucklehead, why I even ever had the desire to study these things um, other than a sinful reason, you know, for ego or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. It was, it, had, it came directly from God. And, and you know, it's, it's, with the exception of some, uh, you know, uh, maybe a, a period of time where, uh, I, I, caused some difficulties for myself again. Um, it's never gone away and it's just strengthened.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's not of me. I mean, I had no business. I, I remember I would sit there with a the dictionary and I would look up terms in, you know, something that I was reading and sometimes I had to look up definitions of words in the definitions. I mean, that's, and uh, you know, I have no. It was. It had to have been the hand of God because I don't know why I would take that much time and effort to do that. I'm, I'm just not that kind of a person. Mm-hmm. You know, and for it to to exist, uh, even probably more richly today, is definitely a testament to that.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so you tell me about your steps after that, because I can't, I can't remember. I was trying to think about it here. And you talk about it. I can't remember how long you were there, but then you, you leave there. Now there was a, there was a period of time that you kind of walked away. I, I, that's my term, not yours. It's just my observation. You kind of walked away from church after that, wasn't it? Right.
2: Um, without getting into all the details, but you, you know, but um, yeah, you, you'll recall um, that there was a difficult moment in my life. We were still working together. And uh, one of the elders, I had uh, emailed him to, uh, to express to him how, what I was going through with this experience and that, how difficult it was and all this. And you'll recall, like, I could, it destroyed me. Right. It broke my heart. His response was extremely hateful. And I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating at all. No, no. Uh, it was like, you know, because I'd asked for prayer and all I was like, we're not going to pray for you. You know, you grew a sch- schmuck. Basically, we're going to, yeah, and it was just yeah, that, um, yeah, that turned me off.
0: No, and, and I remember I, during that time, I, I know that even even, even uh, us, I mean, we still continued our relationship like we always had, but I do remember you telling me that you didn't want to talk about God and you didn't want to talk about anything to do right. with, with that um, because you were going through some things. Yeah, you'll remember I
2: had uh, really built up a heck of a library of theology and of various types and stuff like that. And uh, I took all that and sold it at half price books, probably for a hundred dollars. I mean, it was probably a, thousand, a couple of thousand dollars for books, <laughs> right? <laughs> what I would do to Apple now, but, um, so yeah, I, it, again, it was never, I never had a choice uh, whether or not I believe in God. And I don't say that flippantly, like I'm just this easy believer, anything like that. It, it's anything but that it was just never, um, and, and it's also not to suggest that I haven't had moments where I struggled, you know, with my faith. Like things didn't make sense, or I questioned things. But it's just never really been an option. I mean, I don't know why. No. I mean, it's just got to be providential. Because I mean, I have plenty of reasons no I, I to not to, to have not believed. I, I just it's just it's never.
0: No, you like, you were mad, you were upset, and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't that you didn't believe, but you were like you were like I'm not doing that now.
2: Right. Well, because, you know, and, and this is hard to, to keep it pacing without talking about a lot of the specifics, but um, I, there were just some things in my life at the time that didn't turn out a certain way. And I felt like that, I, and, and, and I'm completely open to the fact that I didn't do my best, but I felt like in the time that I was doing my best to to overcome these challenges mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I just felt at the end of the day, like when it all kind of blew up and mm-hmm. it came to a head that I, that I felt like God had sort of just abandoned me. Right. And I know it sounds self-righteous and, and self, full of self-pity and all that, and it was, and, and but that's how I felt. I was just yeah. I'm just trying to be honest about it. And I felt that way for yeah. probably about five years.
0: Yeah, no, and, and, and I think that this is a good point in time too to talk about uh, real quick or not to elaborate beyond just saying, you know, through the years, you and I, we have we have laughed together, we've cried together, we've wept together, uh, we've experienced sadness, we've experienced happy time. I mean, everything. I mean, you, you know, I attended your grandmother's funeral. You know, you were there for me. I mean, it, it just so so we we've seen a lot of this together, th- these journeys, and the same thing too for even us. I remember that. Uh, There was times that people that know me today, when I try to explain to them some of the life situations that I've went through, you know, where I told them, you know, I thought I was going to lose my home and I, you know, we were buying food with credit cards and stuff. And you, you saw us through that, but other people that didn't know us through that time, they're like, what are you talking about? How could you maintain joy or happiness? But I was just like, no, God's going to make, I mean, mean, this is real life stuff here that we, we had those experiences. And, And even in that time, uh, we we spoke pretty harsh, is a polite way to say it to each other, but we moved forward, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I think they forget in true relationships, you can have those hard conversations and still get through it. Right.
2: No, I think that it's
0: important. I, I never, at one time, I shouldn't say it, at never at
2: one time, because you know uh, there was that period of time when I, I really thought that I knew everything. Um you know, there was that period of time that I mentioned earlier where I felt like I, I, I knew more than I did. But I, I, I can't say that there was ever really a period of time where I felt like you were anything but uh, someone who loved God and, and wanted to serve God properly um, or anything like that. So it was just never, you know, and. whoever's listening, I mean, just as vague as we've been, can it just, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that there have been some serious uh, issues in in my life. And, you know, I've told you this a hundred times. Never never once did you treat me like I was uh, uh, any worse than you when I clearly was. You know, you always loved on me, you know, loved me and uh, your family was always good to me and stuff that meant a lot to me. You know, really Mm -hmm. good. Even though
0: you were wrong theologically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, no, we appreciate that we really do. So, so then, tell me about how you started to slowly come come back to the idea that hey, I want to come back to a church,
2: All right? So, um, I uh, I never really abandoned. Uh, it, it was. Uh, there were things with issues with uh, certain sort of subcultures within, uh, you know, the Calvinistic traditions that had really, you know, they came out of nowhere and it became very, very it's grown even today. I think among young people, um, I never really abandoned uh, too much of the theology, but. Uh, that one experience that I described a moment ago really bothered me. The James Lloyd experience bothered me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I, I just, I, for whatever reason, I didn't, um, I did not go back toward whether for uh, good reasons or not. I didn't go to say a Presbyterian or a reformed church or anything like that. Um, I just started going to, um, a, uh, an old, you know, Catholic church in Houston. You could go to mass. I had no idea what was going on. I would just go there. Um, certainly, think that uh, initially the attraction was the aesthetics.
0: You know, right? Because you always, I mean, even even though there was a period of time that you, I was always attracted to a real high church. Right, right, and and then the beauty of the buildings. I and mean, like, right. We've talked about this because I admire the buildings. I mean, right. they are they are majestic. Right. Um, there is nothing more beautiful than to be able to have that experience to see them knowing the history. Right. And then the architecture that, that went into them, the love and the care that people put into them. I mean, it's just it's, they're, they're just I, I, the only word that I can uh, think to use is they're glorious to see. I mean, they really right. are right. Uh, when, when you go and you just appreciate what, what they are. But what really uh, I remember you telling me that you had encountered somebody at, at, at your job. Because we oh, we yeah, haven't yeah. worked together, yeah, we sorry. haven't worked together in like years and years and right, years right, right, and right. years. But there was somebody that you encountered at your job that began to talk to you, I think, and right. you kind of wanted to prove them wrong again, right? I am right? sorry. I left out a big yeah. Big tell us tell us about it because I remember you saying you were like, "I'm going to prove them wrong." Right, right. So, yeah. so
2: there was uh, yeah. I started
0: working at a place, um, and
2: uh, my the supervisor um, was a, uh, just a devout Roman Catholic. And I was wasn't at the time even engaged. This was still when I was yeah. You didn't, didn't have an but I in my arrogant self, you know, I, I just had such disdain for the Catholic Church that I just wanted to prove him wrong, you know. Because um, he would try to in subtle ways minister to me. I think that he could tell that my spirit was crushed. You know, I was in a bad place or whatever. Um, and we met a few times and we never really discussed a whole lot of theology. I, I think I sent him some debates, um, and, you know, there was not a big sort of like encounter theologically that like just blew my mind or anything like that. It was nothing like that, but, um, I appreciated his heart, um, and his uh, sincerity. And like I said, I, um, I didn't even talk to him about it. I don't think, but I just started going to, uh, a Catholic church occasionally uh, to the mass and you know, I had no idea what was going on. I wouldn't stand up when they stood up. I wouldn't kneel, I wouldn't do any of that. There was just something about being in that um, environment that uh, gave, they gave me something. I don't know what it was, um, some sort of peace. Because uh, I was I was a, there was a lot going on at the time. You know I was not at all at peace and I was destroying my life. But, um, so yeah. Uh, I, again, back to the, you know, I, I, I just, things started to change in my life. I was in a a bad relationship and, you know, I had gotten myself in some bad situations and I finally, by the grace of God, was able to uh, sort of uh, pull myself out from those situations. And it was just then that I started to become interested in building Toward understanding God again, and and, I, and again without any sort of framework, and I just just the ability to follow the truth wherever I felt it led, and um,
0: surprisingly, it led to the Roman Catholic, <laughs> Catholic Church. Um, <laughs> I know. I remember. Uh, you know, we were we were standing in one of <laughs> one of the churches one day, and I remember uh, telling you, I was like, I, I never would have believed. That we would be standing in a Catholic church together when we first met each other, because you were so you were so against the Catholic right. faith you know right. and 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 I now you know that you are a practicing you know um Catholic right. and the admiration you have for your faith. And I know that, you know, you go to mass so many times. And, and I, I know we were on the phone not long ago and you had mentioned something to, you know, you can go to church anywhere, you know, and, and right. pretty much any night and, and things like that. And you're giving me a hard time about it. and and um, But to see that that take place over a period of time and years, I mean, it was... Yeah. It was interesting that gentleman that we mentioned, that,
2: that Roman Catholic that I worked for. He ended up having to fire me. I'd never been fired from a job in my life. Um, it was very embarrassing, humiliating. Uh, fast forward, he was the lector at my wedding when we got married in the Catholic Church, and right. he was my sponsor into the you know, I'm not having a confirmation. Yeah.
0: So, so this is where I have to point out yeah. I wasn't in your wedding. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I regret that. No. Well, I kind of was. I wasn't. Kind of Yeah. To play. I was an usher um yeah you should have been more there's a picture of you not of a mormon <laughs> not <trash laughs> or but uh, no but yeah that was um that was good yeah. i was honored to do that i was very i was very pleased i was glad you came i mean your wife didn't come because she didn't want to step no now. she was <laughs> taking care of kids and not okay. like that but but no we she she was she was really distraught that she couldn't go i, I remember that and your wife, your wife is so precious to us. She really is. She's she's awesome. Very lucky.
2: Um, we've covered quite a bit of ground here, and, and I I feel like from for myself, if I were listening to this without um, you know more background that we just don't have time to get into, it would be it would seem very bizarre. Like you know, it it, it would probably because the, the 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 speed at which we've had to sort of move the, the story along it's Probably seems like um, there was very little diligence in the decisions that I made um, theologically. To, to and you know better than that. I mean, um, you know, I and, and I don't say this to like boast at all. I, I because it, the, the desire itself comes from God. I don't even understand it sometimes. Sometimes I, I wish that you know when I get home from work that I just would wish that I, I could just read a you know, a novel or something, but something just draws me to it. theology.
0: I got to read something. But but that's, that's the thing. And, 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 and that's the key. Somebody, somebody that, that if they get to the end of the podcast and, and they're like, why in the world does this podcast exist? You know, here's the key. And, and you just touched on it is I, I want the listeners to understand one thing, if they walk away with nothing else from this particular podcast, and and why, why would I have someone that, that we have differing theological views on a podcast like this, is the story that you have, this journey of, I've got to find God, I've got to know God, I've got to, to find that component. That, to me, is one of the most interesting stories for the single reason we live in a society that people don't seem to be involved with finding
2: God. Right. No, no, I agree. Um, there's a great—and sometimes, in my sinfulness, I'm, I'm envious of the, the easy believers, you know, uh, people. That's what, I, I don't mean to be ugly, but they just seem to have faith with very little struggle um, they, and they don't seem to to care a lot about the, the, the various doctrines and, and some of the stuff. Uh, and and I, 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 in some ways I envy that, you know, I wish that I had some of that, but overarchingly, I'm uh, grateful that I've, you know, God put it on my heart to dig deeper because, you know, I've, I've, I think that, you know, what I've stumbled into is, and again, after all these years, I mean, you know, 20 years or so of doing this, pretty much, uh, I barely even scratched the surface. Every day I learned things that I, uh, I'm like, how did I miss that? Or, you know, I come across uh, a, a father of the church, one of the great, one of the great theologians I'd never even heard of. You know, when I was a Calvinist, I thought, you know, Calvin and Luther were the fourth and fifth persons of the Trinity, and <laughs> I thought that they were, you know, and, and there's just so much more uh, it's just, it's, you can't, there's no way for, in a lifetime to yeah. study it all exhaustively, but yeah. Uh, so my, yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, it, it was a struggle. Um, I had, it would, I'd be lying if I had said that, you know, um, certain presuppositions that I had as a Calvinist, uh, that they, they still um, surface at times um, in certain things within Catholicism. But, um, there's no doubt in my mind that this when I look back providentially speaking that this is where God was bringing me the whole time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't doubt it for a second, yeah, but again, you know i uh, you know i I'm very careful to remain malleable at least in my my um uh, thoughts and the way that I look at things and I don't mean that uh, to that, I whatever, you know, that I, I, I mean, there are certainly things that I will not, um, they're just undeniably true, I think. But, um, but now I think that once you, at least for myself, when I got into that mode of I had arrived and I know what's up that,
0: you know, I, I couldn't grow anymore. We were talking about how people will get to a point where they feel like they've arrived and they stop. Studying. They stop proceeding with that continual growth that, that they should be experiencing. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting that you get to that place, you know, in, in our podcast, because one of the things behind what the church infix is all about is infix. It means to continue to grow, to merge, to go deeper, to dig deeper. And that's really what we're asking our audience to do, regardless of what religious background they come from, regardless of what um, denomination that they come from. We want to see people grow. We want to see people develop, but development stops the moment that we feel like we've arrived. Right. And we have it all together. Right. And I know that even for myself, my faith is an evolution. Right. Because if I look back 20 years ago, I have a totally different concept and understanding of who God is, number one, compared to what I had then. So the journey continues, continues in in those ways. Um, What do you think, you know, I ask a lot of people uh, this whenever we talk from an interview standpoint, what do you think the church, and when I use the word church, I mean universally, not just the Catholic Church, not just the um, Protestant Church, but the Church universally. Sure. What do you think that it, it's going to look like in the next ten years? Um, you know, uh, it's.
2: I, I I don't mean to be pessimistic, but it's just. I mean, I, I just look at it, um, and it's hard for me to take off my Roman glasses. Um, well, be true to your faith right, I mean, right. for sure. So yeah. I, I just. You know, I, I look at the and perhaps unintended uh, consequences of the Reformation. Um, we now, and I don't know the exact number, but there are several, like tens of thousands of denominations. Um, I, you know, that's not what Luther intended, I don't think. Uh, I, I, I don't know, honestly, obviously, but uh, I don't think that was intention. His intention was to reform the Catholic Church. Uh, I heard uh, one priest say that had that he, he had he not gone perhaps as far as he did, that he would probably be Saint Luther today. But because uh, he did, you know, his Ninety-Five Theses addressed some serious problems in the church at the time, you know, that needed to be addressed. But uh, he just he went in some directions that,
0: you know, weren't good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I and naturally, you know, from my perspective, I was, you know, I'm thankful for the Reformation, <laughs> you know, but uh, I look back at history, and you know, when you look at everything from the Book of Genesis to to where we are today as a society as a whole, you know, if, if I believe the Bible to be true, right, the, the Word of God, the inspired Word of God then you you got to ask yourself, why did so many things happen to bring about these multiple denominations and things like that? And I think that, in my opinion, in this postmodern world that we live in, you're seeing more and more people, um, especially the younger, uh, I I never thought I would use that term in my life, but the the younger generations, I don't think that there is concerned about a denomination is they are, you know, is this book true? Is this book real? Can I trust what this book says? And and can I look like this book desires me to look?
2: Right. Um, I've mentioned this this to you before. Um, So I I learned, and and I would like to, you know, I don't mean to invite myself back, but I'd like to come at some point and maybe discuss uh, uh, specific uh, reasons why God led me into the Catholic church. I think that mm-hmm. that's a conversation worth having. Uh, we don't, this isn't the focus of this, but um, I, um, you know, I would just encourage anybody listening that um, follow, be, be willing in, 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 to follow God wherever he leads you. And um, I, I trust that um, if you're diligent, you know, that, you there's certainly error out there. It's everywhere, right? Um, but I think that um, God will give you the wisdom to avoid the pitfalls and if you're sincere of heart and you really want to um, to grow in, in knowledge of Him. I think that He'll be, you know, He'll He'll not reward that, but I think that He'll meet you there, and He wants us to do that. You know, His His God's um, you know primary purpose for us is not to be happy and, necessarily. I think that that's a byproduct of our faith is happiness and joyfulness. But that isn't, I think that uh, that's one big issue that has emerged in the Western church is this idea that God is here to make us happy in this life and to solve our problems and stuff like that. I, you know, and there will be people that will differ with my position on that. I don't, I don't think that's a biblical position to take. I think that there are, uh, you know, more, um, I don't know how to say it. I feel like I'm painting myself into a corner here, <laughs> but I, I don't think that that's God's primary purpose for His church.
0: Is to make us happy, joyous, and free here. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely want you to come back many times. I, like I told you before, uh, when I was explaining to you what this podcast is, is is I definitely want it to be a growth opportunity right. for, for anybody from any faith. And the idea is to present information right. and allow the listener to take that information and then they do what they want to do with that information. I don't want to ever... Um, I don't want this to ever become this is your end all be all you know right. kind of thing because I don't think it's fair number one and, and I also don't believe that the, what, what truth is regardless of what people believe truth is right. has to be defended in the sense of in, in its own unique way I mean um, if if I believe anything about the Bible truth stands on its own I mean right. naturally. Anybody should be able to defend their faith. The Bible tells us to, that we should be able you to give to an answer to yeah. to yeah right to our faith. Um, but if if I wasn't in existence, I don't think that uh, uh, for lack of a better term, little old Jesus would be up in heaven going, "Oh, I wish that you know Brandon was there, you know, to, <laughs> to <laughs> I defend me." Think that, uh, far <laughs> just I, just, uh, I hope. You don't mind
2: me saying this, but it's definitely one thing that I've seen you involved in over the years is your understanding of the sovereignty of God, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like you, you over the last 20 years, have really shifted to really understand the sovereignty of, of God. and um, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, like, yeah, And what made me think of that was this, this notion, this idea of this impotent. Jesus up in this, you know, just wringing his hands. I forget who it was. We heard say that. Just wringing <laughs> yeah. his hands, hoping everybody. will. Uh, yeah. I just don't think that's a biblical uh, description of our Lord. So, but it's no. prominent,
0: unfortunately, especially in the Western. Church. No, he's not surprised, right? God's not surprised. I, th- I think that that I think that that's one of the the the, the big misconceptions that exist in the in the uh, the Christian worldview is that uh, God can be surprised. Yeah, that he can be surprised for another one that, that I see a
2: lot is this idea of dual dualism, you know, like um, good God, bad God, Satan, and and, and God, um, that whenever bad things occur, that it was uh, poor God, you know, didn't want it to happen, but tell Satan, he just, you know, took a charge and made it happen. Now God, we would both agree is by no means the author of evil, right? Right, um, and that's a that's a discussion worth having in and of itself. But um, he has to, at least in some sense, permit evil things to happen because he could stop them, and we don't know why he doesn't on uh, on occasion. Um, but we know that he could if he wanted to, so he has to have a purpose for it. And we may not always know what that is, but yeah. But I, that's just I, I, I and I understand. I think it's comforting for people to they feel like maybe they're. Um, they're uh, maybe protecting the character of God by not associating him with that evil act or something. But I just don't think it's biblical to think that there's just this evil uh, spirit running around,
0: you know, doing things, thwarting the will of God, you know, that that's just. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you look at something as basic as um, the cross in Calvary. I, you know, I mean, if, if, um, the devil uh, or Satan or, or whatever you want to refer to him as, um, if he had the ability to stop the plan of God, couldn't he have uh, accomplished it right then and there and been done with it? Right. But he can't. Right. You know, because God has a master plan. And, and we see that played out in the narrative of the scriptures. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, as no
2: further than the book of Job, I mean, you know? see it, um, laid out right there. I mean, Satan has to get permission from God. You can go this far, you can mm-hmm. go this far, you can do this, but you can't do that. Um, and as troubling as that concept may be to some people, I mean, I feel like Christians should rejoice in that. So I know that even in the midst of my worst suffering, that God's mm-hmm. got that for some reason, He has a purpose in it. And, um, you know, even if I never know what it is that, you know, he's in control of that. Yeah. Again, not suggesting that he is the author of any evil of
0: any kind. Um, I would love to have that conversation about evil. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, because we could go on all day about that, but you know, and one of the last things, um, uh, because we will definitely get off topic if we keep going. But one of the last things I want to say, um, you know, getting ready to close the podcast out and everything is I, another reason why I wanted your story to be told. Is I know that there are so many people from multiple denominations that are told if somebody's from an, an opposing and I use that word opposing denomination because it's like the battle for the top, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are told that other Christians they don't love God. They don't want to uh, obey the word or or they don't want to do this, or they don't want to do that, or you know and I know that over the years, through our relationship, watching the things that, that you've encountered, you know I, I I remember telling someone you know they said, I, I, I can't remember who it was, but they told me they said. He said, well, if somebody doesn't believe this, then it's just because they don't love God and they don't care about the Bible. And I was like, what? I have a friend that studies the Bible more than I've ever seen you study the Bible. <laughs> you know, And so and, and, and I think that people should really consider their words, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, because we all are on a journey. Right. We all are sincerely trying to seek after God. And it's it's disingenuous to tell someone else, you don't love God because you don't see God the way I see God. Right, and it's extremely arrogant. And it's just hurtful. I mean, some of my uh, former
2: heroes, theological uh, heroes would tell you right now that I'm not saved, I'm like not a Christian. Um, and that's bothersome and, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just—I guess if I—if—not if, that anybody solicited my advice, but I, I would suggest that to anybody listening that um, remain malleable. Um, you know, uh, stay in prayer uh, for guidance and um, don't. And I'm not suggesting we just believe anything. You know, because you know, the, we definitely—the the enemy is out there, and you know, there's—you don't—you have, get the rock in any direction and hit you know, uh, any number of heresies and things like that. But I, I just truly believe that, uh, you know, if you diligently seek, and, and when I say that, and I try to divorce yourself of all of what I referred to earlier as love lines, so I've got to come up with a better term for that, but, you know, these sort of, uh, whether they're, you know, family or just historical circumstance, whatever it is in your life that keeps you that maybe it can, you know, because none of us are, uh, uh, uh uh, what's the word? Uh, none of us are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know the word you're looking for, but <laughs> what I keep no, thinking. None of us are above, you know, uh, you know blinding ourselves or, or, right. or, 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 or blocking off the truth because it's difficult or painful.
0: Well, what I keep hearing, like in my mind, when I hear you say things like that is we forget that we are emotional beings. Right. And we have connections and attachments. And we have to take those filters off when we study the word of God. Right. Because as we study the word of God, what tends to happen is we, we begin to be very reflective of, well, if I accept this, then what does this change? Right. And what we've got to do is stop looking at it that way and say, God, if I'm changed, then let me be willing to accept that I'm being changed, right. regardless of the circumstances around me. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, um,
2: Sproul said it once in an interview, and I really like the way he put it. And I've tried to model my um, the way I, I perceive uh, things in my life, My own life is he said, I don't doubt that it's possible that I have contradictions and, you know, uh, misrepresentations and false doctrines in my, you know, life and worldview and my theology. I just don't know what they are, you know, because if I knew what they were, I would change them, you know, because I I hate to quote Luther, but he said, I'm held captive uh, by the word of God, you know, so, uh, I'm grateful that I I mean some people maybe are comfortable with that, and I'm grateful that for whatever reason outside of myself I'm not comfortable with that. If I if I found something that was contradictory, and and maybe some of your uh, listeners can point them out for me, but I would change it. And I I'm glad I'm grateful that God's given me that liberty to. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, just to follow the truth where it leads. You
0: know? yeah, and, and and I know that I know that you are sincere and you know and, and, and also and, and i don't say this to joke or to, or to kid but you know in another 20 years maybe you'll be where you're at or maybe you'll be somewhere else you know right. i mean but you are one of the few people that i've ever met in my life that has moved in and out of denominations that i've known personally the way that you have And I also know by by being around it, that it was not motivated outside of anything, but what I see as, and again, you know, I'm I'm, I'm assuming based on actions that I've seen, what I I see as a sincere desire to try to find God. Right. And I fall short and I'll ultimately fall short. I
2: mean, God only revealed himself in to us and to he for whatever reason, he he chose to reveal himself and to obscure certain things from our abilities to fully comprehend. But, you know, I I just, I want to continue to try the best I can. I think that's that's the best we can do, you know? And again, I hate to kill everything that I'm saying with a thousand qualifications, but, you know, uh, truth is important and all that. I don't need to paint a picture. Like, I, I just think that you should just tiptoe to the tulips and, you know, pick pieces that you find uh, interesting and just, fo- you know what I mean? I, I, I guess I'd probably beat a dead horse with that. Hopefully your audience gets what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no worries. I mean, there'll be no doubt be people that uh, will listen to this and be, you know, upset and think that we're, you know, just, uh, Overstepping
0: truth for—I'm well, sure for people will think that
2: we're universalist <laughs> or whatever. Despite the
0: fact we've said it a thousand times, it's not our intent. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Now, but but again, I think that um, the, the greatest testimony that anyone can live is the life that they lead. Right. The actions that they lead, and let all things that we ever do be seasoned with love. And at the end of our lives, let the only thing that anyone can ever say be that they saw Jesus through us. They saw love through us. And they saw life through us.
2: Absolutely.